Well, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we're looking, uh, just taking a deeper look at the passage from this weekend, joined uh, today by Pastors Terry and Pastors Dan. There we go. Nice. You guys uh, both got to preach this weekend. We uh, Terry, do. you were yeah. at Mid-Rivers. Dan, you were out at St. Charles. Uh, we but are I'm coming to St. Charles at the end of the month. You are? Yes, yes. I'm at St. Charles at the Everyone end of the month. Everyone gets to go to St. Charles. Yeah. I think I'm going in January. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Look out, world. Yeah, yeah. look out. Uh, anyway, uh, we're continuing in Galatians. Uh, so we're in Galatians chapter 5 uh, this weekend. And I thought last week we were kind of starting to move out of the <laughs> theology and into the more application. And then we get into this passage and yeah. it's, there's still a lot of theology. There, and it, yeah. There's one theme that, that kind of... Um, cuts through the entire passage uh, as well um, that we'll definitely uh, hit on a little bit. Um, but I just wanted to ask you guys, like at this point, just general impressions uh, of this series. What have you heard from people? Because um, I've, I've, I've ha- had several conversations where people are thanking us for doing this series in Galatians. Um, so yeah, what are you guys coming across in your conversations or just your own personal study through Paul's letter? Um, I, th- I think for me, um, Galatians is a book that I encountered a long time ago, and it meant quite a bit to me. Um, but it was when I was like in my, my teenage years and starting to understand what the gospel was. Um, so revisiting it, one thing that's standing out to me so clearly is even though Paul is spending a lot of time, he also does sound, um, spending a lot of time uh, addressing all the various aspects of the Jewish heritage of the, the at least, if not the readers, the people who are influencing the readers. Um, he does it from so many different angles, and it's so nuanced, and he approaches it. Um, we were just talking before camera started rolling about um, how when somebody lives through something, for them to really process their experience, they have to go through what it felt like, what the logic of it was, what the social implications of it were, what the story behind it and mm-hmm. following it. And so we get to see that in Galatians, this unpacking of the reality of, of like taking on the burden of the Jewish law. Um, in doing that, I feel like I've seen so clearly how... Uh, not so clearly as if I get it all, but like so clearly that for Paul, Christ was truly revolutionary. Like Christ was this dividing line that could could sit between two people where um, your experience and expression within a Jewish community could be Christ honoring and mine of trying to adapt to that to impress you or to make myself feel righteous could be an absolute ignorance of, you know, who Christ is and, and, and what he what he's done. So um, Christ becomes in Galatians the the validator, the um, evaluator, the, the 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 fullness of salvation um, and and of God's expression of love, um, as well as our fullest expression of experience in pretty profound ways. So um, where I'm at is I find myself reading Galatians, hearing okay these are the arguments, and then going. So where do I? find um, pressure that isn't from Christ or where do I find uh, these things that are being um, carried there's this phrase in here uh, in this passage about those who want to make much of you from a few Mm -hmm. chapters ago Mm -hmm. and they want you to be zealous for them and um, oh where is it Uh, he says 
well, I can't find it quickly, but he says essentially that making much of something other than Jesus always has an end of making much of that thing much more than Jesus. And and he's like, that's just not, that's not the gospel. We make much of Christ and that's mm-hmm. our freedom. That's mm-hmm. our joy. That's our power. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Terry? Uh, Galatians has never been one of my favorite books. Hmm. And oddly enough, and it's one I've probably stayed away from and avoid, obviously avoided preaching. It's the first time preached through, I mean, preached a few passages from it. So, can, um, can I ask you, can I ask you why? why? Yeah. Um, just because the theology in chapters two, three, and four just seems so muddy and weighty, like yeah. to, to have to preach through that, <laughs> as we've said, kind of sometimes feels a little repetitive and how to keep doing that in a way that's that's understandable. And I, I think part is, um, as we were sharing be, be before kind of the camera started rolling, I did not grow up in a very legalistic background. I grew up in a you know Christian home and environment, but not with all the baggage and, and trappings that some of my friends had. And you know, was uh, sharing this week with uh, a person in our congregation who grew up Jewish. And so this is very real to them mm. and has been life-giving. It's just been fascinating to he- process with people what you're preaching and how they're hearing it and through their own paradigm. Uh, but in the same way, just I think the element of trust, of trusting God, of resting in God, um, of knowing the grace of God is really powerful. And then I think as, as we hit chapter five today, Christ the liberator, like he is the liberator. Mm-hmm. That's what's really struck me this week. And do we worship and live according to, to what the liberator mm-hmm. has, has said? And do we see him as doing that, liberating us from all that we try to do? And how many times do we try to make ourselves look good and do, do the right thing, whether it's for God or not, as opposed to, hey, we can just rest in the freedom that he gives us. Yeah, so so cool. I'm actually way more enjoying it than what I thought. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Show of hands, who has said the word circumcision <laughs> more times than they ever thought they might in the last like five yeah. or six weeks? You know, I um, we did a Galatians series in youth years ago, and I didn't realize how many times <laughs> the word circumcision popped up in this book until I've got a bunch of, you know, junior high boys laughing and snickering every, you know, uh, time we say the word. Um, but yes. I crossed my legs, but that's okay. And I know you won't edit that out either. No, I, I probably wish you would. But yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like every it's time good, I hear that word, I'm like, aye, aye, aye. Yeah, like, yeah. Welcome to deep dive, ladies <laughs> yes. and gentlemen. Yeah, so last night uh, we were, we've been doing this class, What We Believe. Yeah. Um, and one of our friends, uh, Mike Zile, he, he shared this about the Galatians series. He, he has so much appreciated mm. this series, um, especially in conjunction with the What We Believe yeah. class, because mm. the What We Believe class, what we're doing is we're going through our statement of faith as a church, as a denomination, um, all the different articles. And so it's very foundational level uh, theology. Um, and, and one of the things I appreciate about the FCA is, you know, we major on the major, minor on the minors. And so uh, pretty much things that are basic Christianity are what we hold to. And the letter um, to the Galatians that, that Paul writes is kind of just a reorientation of mm. basic Christian beliefs yeah. for a um, you know a group of churches that is 
very much caught up in the legalism that they've come from in their tradition. Well, and I think that's so good because this passage in particular from this week it addresses that because I think the natural question people have going through Galatia is like, well, does anything matter? Do we have, does living matter? Does how we live matter? Does what we believe matter? And, and Paul says, yes, it does. It's the motivation uh, of that and, you know, how you see God and how you're uh, driven, what drives you to kind of serve yeah. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm still just laughing at the joke you made. I know. Uh, that's great. Um, cool. Well, let's dive in. Uh, let's go verse one. <laughs> it's not through a joke. It's really six. No, no, I know. It's, it's, it, it's funny, though. That's it's, great, Brad. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, okay, so verse one For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, it's almost poetic. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, this word, uh, freedom, for freedom, mm-hmm. Christ has set us free. Um, we were talking about this in teaching team yeah. uh, last week, and why? What makes this passage difficult for us as 21st century American Christian readers? Well, I think we think of freedom as the ability to do what we want, when we want it, how we want to do it. I mean, that's what financial freedom, right? Is mm-hmm. I'm going to have money to spend how I want to spend it. You know, I have. T- you know, retirement freedom, freedom 55, whatever, you know, kind of retire. Is I going to have the freedom to be able to spend my time as I want to do it? That's not what freedom is. We're mm-hmm. not free to do what we want. Mm-hmm. We're free to serve uh, and we're free to honor and free to live for him because he's freed us from the guilt and shame and mm-hmm. obligation of what we have to do. So I think that's, in our culture, freedom is we should have the right to determine what it is we want to do when we want to do it at the time. Yeah. We're still surrendered to Christ. Yeah. yeah, I I think that um, because of our uh, nation, because mm-hmm. we have this remarkable um, concept of pursuing life, liberty, happiness, that's, again, that's unique and remarkable, and it's, it's special. Um, in Scripture, um, this isn't unique to me, and I can't remember where it came from, so credit to wherever, whoever along the way, but... Um, I came to understand years ago, because of sin in the world, Mm -hmm. we were never free to really make our own choices. Mm -hmm. We were always in bondage to some aspect of our brokenness. And so when I hear, for freedom, Christ has set us free, um, I hear in connection to the end of chapter four, which Mm -hmm. appreciated your exposition of that last week, this idea that this was always God's plan was to have a free people that were sons and daughters to him. Um, and in that freedom that we would actually be free to choose, to love, to live for him, to leverage every resource we have, every bit of our agency to further his kingdom in the world. Um, in that lens that we weren't free, but now we can make these choices because of Christ. Um, I, I, that's, that's what I hear hmm. a lot. Um, but that's also taken a long time to learn mm-hmm. that the Bible speaks in those terms. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think oftentimes we like to take this this word freedom. And again, I think this does come from our Americanness, you know, our identity. And we like to just put it on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, as, well, you can't tell me what to do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm free. I can make my own choices. Um, but how would a... I don't, know, I don't know if in your study you guys will come across the, the answer to this question, but how would a first century, you know, Jewish Christian in the church in Galatia, like, 
when they hear the word freedom, I guess, what are they thinking of? Well, I mean, certainly within the context, Paul's talking about freedom from religious duty and activity and from trying to impress and please mm-hmm. God and never knowing that you're going to be able to to, <coughs> to do that. But it is mm-hmm. being free to really love and honor and serve mm-hmm. Christ and to to make that the focus, the intimacy of a relationship with him is the focus as opposed to doing all the right things to get there. So, I I mean, I think in the context of this, that's what they're probably, from the Jewishness, is Mm -hmm. that they're free from from all of what the bondage is uh, of that. And, you know, when you, it was interesting conversation, talk with someone who grew up with in kind of that culture Mm -hmm. and just kind of this duty and obligation and just feeling the pressure of that all the time was hard. Yeah, reminds me of, um, I don't know if if you guys had this experience, but once you became old enough and got your first job, the idea that you could get a credit card um, was definitely more pervasive even now than it was Mm -hmm. when I turned, you know, 18, 19. But this idea that, oh, if I get credit, now I have this sense of freedom where I can just go buy something before my paycheck. And it turned into this giant, um, not just obligation, but burden. In fact, I handled it very poorly. (laughs) And we can get into those details some other time. Um, I think that if, if I'm understanding what, what Paul is bringing to the surface in the, the problem in Galatia, they had already accepted Christ, and uh-huh. somebody was using that almost like a creditor to say, let me tell you what you've just bought mm-hmm. into. Now you need to fulfill these other things. They, they were very zealous for the, the Judaism of their day and for the law. Um, so I think when they hear this, they hear almost, wait, I was as free as I thought I was before this idea ever got introduced. Mm -hmm. And in some ways that had to be disorienting. So Mm -hmm. a Gentile believer never had the burden of the law. Um, In a sense, they're pioneers. They're the first, you know, first Christians who never had to process who the Messiah is through that lens. Um, So it's kind of a, a negative analogy, the credit thing. But I do wonder sometimes what would my life have been like if I would have never started with the first credit card that I abused mm. wrongly mm. and if I would have just lived in the freedom of spending what I made you know the the mm. living within my own means so um mm. kind of a long yeah I know that's that's really good I think it's a good segue too um to to verse two where we encounter our favorite word <laughs> uh look I Paul say to you that if you accept circumcision Christ will be of no advantage to you I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So, he uh, he says circumcision a lot. Um, for our context like why is this a big deal like why is he highlighting well i think for for jewish people this was part of their identity in being jewish this was the big step for men that Mm -hmm. you would show that you are Mm -hmm. a follower of god and this is what defined you and you know i think paul is saying if you're going to let that one work define you then you're got to be defined by all the works of the law you can't it's not just that piece of the law 
but the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul says you can't have grace with Christ and works. You, you have to kind of make a decision. And, and if you're choosing all of that and choosing to be identified by circumcision as opposed to being identified by Christ, then, then you're so far away from mm-hmm. the grace of Christ. You, you know, you're separated. You've fallen away. You've, you know, he uses severed from Christ. I don't think he means lose salvation, but that you're way away from experiencing. You can't experience the grace of Christ if you're trying to impress God all yeah. the time. Yeah. And Paul, I mean, he's a, he's a real wordsmith here, yeah. right? He's using, he's got play on words. Um, he knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I think for us, I, we can make the application of, well, what is like circumcision for me? Like what yeah. practices do yeah. I do that essentially equate to the negating of the work that Christ has already done? Um, but I don't think it, we, we really have anything that's a one-to-one for the Jewish listener. And I think that makes reading through this passage, especially the last three, four weeks of kind of the same argument over it, it makes it really difficult. Yeah, I think it's important on the one hand that we carry it humbly. Mm-hmm. I do think um, there, there's nothing brave about trying to sympathize with something that, that just isn't a sympathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think hearing matters. Um, you mentioned Paul is quite a wordsmith, and, mm-hmm. and Terry, you mentioned a little before we started, how many words play on mm-hmm. the idea of the mechanics of, of circumcision. Cutting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we see, we do see Paul uh, raising again and again this faith in Christ is. Yeah. It's it's more than its challengers give it credit for. Um, it's probably more than any of us understand. There's a sense in which we're always uh, leaning into the grace of God that He's given us in Christ. Um, and so, uh, what I do find an access point for is is the question: um, where where am I am I willing to discount the grace of Christ mm-hmm. for other things? Mm-hmm. Um, and have I understood yet how? any of those things taken to their logical conclusion is really just its own play on words. Mm-hmm. Circumcision taken to its logical conclusion, Paul is is colorfully out, outlining here, is nothing more than body modification. Mm-hmm. Um, the grace of God taken to its logical conclusion is a radical new way of life. Um, and I, and I, do, I do do that. I find things that become stump speeches and soapboxes that I just need everyone to see it this way, mm-hmm. and if they if they would just see this. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing in Christ, he, he concludes saying, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Mm-hmm. I think of tables like like this or any table that what's the thing that enables and allows people to sit at the table? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not circumcision. or It's not my stump speech or the things you're passionate. Yeah. It's, it's Christ. It's Christ that brings us here. That lets us sit together and all the other resume pieces of our life they're just incidental notes to the bigger story of christ in us and that's true for every person in the church and every believer around the world and um now that we've become more global i do think i i have no clue how to apply globally the idea Mm -hmm. that christ really is enough i'm an expert in saint charles county Mm -hmm. born and raised Mm -hmm. you know but like um leaning into the bigness of the the body of believers throughout the world Mm -hmm. um, and that Christ really is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's humbling. It leads to worship. It challenges yeah. some things that I, again, just buy into too quickly, yeah. too fully. So Yeah. And I've heard, I uh, recently heard, um, and it kind of even go back to earlier in this, in this in Paul's letter, um, we do have our own gospels, right, that are opposite or counter to the gospel of Jesus, which is, as you've mm-hmm. continued to say, right, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Um, you know, the gospel of prosperity, the gospel of politics, the gospel of pleasure, the gospel of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that, if, if nothing else, if we get nothing else from Galatians, Jesus is enough, what he has done on the cross is enough. And I want to jump to verse 11, where he says, um, if I, brother, still preach circumcision, right? If I preach mm-hmm. going back to whatever, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Now, there's some language. Um, <laughs> he, Paul talks about the cross as offensive. And we live in a culture where we try our hardest to not cause any like any offense, right? Offen- you know, offending someone is like the greatest sin these days. So yeah, I'd love for you guys to to riff on that a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. what about the cross is offensive, and what does Paul mean here um, in verse eleven? Well, I think the cross is offensive in the sense that it goes against everything in our human nature and desires that we have to earn something, we deserve something. We, we are very good at who we think deserves grace and who doesn't, mm-hmm. right? That person, you know, but the cross says anybody who comes, anybody who comes to Jesus can receive that, yeah. that, <coughs> that grace. And we, we want to live in a culture where you have to earn and deserve it and you need to, to do something um, about that. So, I mean, and that's where he's like, he does, he's like, if, if you're into mutilation, cutting yourself in circumcision, you're going to be eventually cut off from Christ, mm-hmm. is what he said. And then you might as well just cut the whole thing off. Like mm-hmm. you, it's, it's not going to do you any, any good. Mm-hmm. You might as well just, you know, and he's kind of going to extreme, like they're taking things to an extreme than mm-hmm. that. But the great, you talk to people, the grace of Jesus, I can't, I can't be free by grace. And I think that's what we wrestle with the most. I, you mean I'm forgiven? I don't have to pay for my sin. I don't have to atone. I have to do something. I can be forgiven in the grace of Jesus. It's yeah. hard. Mm. I think the, I think the cross is offensive. Um, I think that to your point, we don't want to offend typically in our culture and I but I I also think we have this almost ironic tendency to simply choose to offend and pretend like we don't care like Mm. I think offense here in Paul's mind um, is is a true recognition that what I'm saying is challenging something that you hold dear right Um, the offense that he's talking about would be essentially the same mechanics of somebody um, moving from being an atheist to a theist, like moving a significant mm-hmm. distance cognitively, emotionally, um, personally. So when he says offense, it's not simply that in talking about it, yeah, some people don't like it. Um, I think what he's suggesting here is like if Christ is really enough, then not just that your your identity in these the, in these things but like truly the wealth that you have or don't have doesn't actually matter mm-hmm. um but we live with that tension that it kind of does mm-hmm. and so like there's a lot in here that he's that he's pushing up against um 
us as Americans, I think this has become a very recent question. What is the nature of being Christian in America? Mm-hmm. And does the cross offend? I don't have a very offensive life. <laughs> Most of what I do, yeah. people are mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a pastor. That's great. But has the the cross has that capacity to separate between the things that I enjoy and the things that are most true and most real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the question is, am I, am I willing to hold that mm-hmm. in sharing the, the cross with others? Am I willing to let it speak for itself as well? Um, yeah. Which is probably a different topic yeah. for a different day. Yeah. Cause you can talk about faith. You can talk about spirituality. You can talk about church. You can talk about God, but all of a sudden you talk about Jesus as savior, redeemer, right. liberator. Mm-hmm that changes the conversation pretty quickly mm-hmm. and, and is a dividing line. People are going to go, is Jesus the way or no? Mm-hmm. And that's, you, you know, to say he's the only way to say he's the only way because of what he did mm-hmm. is offensive to, to people in some ways because it, it crosses those sensibilities of, oh, we can just be a spiritual person and love God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, the last question I, I have here is we only have a couple minutes, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure we can even fully get into it. Uh, but in, vif- in verse 15, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed mm-hmm. by one another. Um, obviously, this is the continuation of his arguments. Um, coming right before this, he you know, sums up the whole law and the love your neighbor uh, as yourself. Um, why does he include verse 15 here? Well, I think obviously this is what was going on in Galatia. You know, I think what started him writing is that within the church that that Paul had left, there was a sense of unity, and now there's this division. You've got to do that. You got to. Do that. You're not spiritual enough. You got to. Do it. So I think he said, you know, if you start biting and devour, if you start grumbling, complaining, accusing telling people they're less or not and not, you're end up going to be consumed by that. That's going to be all consumed. You're going to miss Jesus. You're going to miss love. You're going to miss faith. You're going to miss hope. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to end up being a spiritual mess, really, because all you can think about is how are you right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would completely agree. Um, I'm reminded that, you know, the each believer in Galatia didn't have their own copy of scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't listening to podcasts. This wasn't a broadcast. Mm-hmm. This was right. truly the subtle stuff that we do in families, between friends and in workplaces where we make suggestions about others. And we set these things up that um, that truly, truly hurt and wound. Um, it's interesting, like for Christ to be my judge and for him to judge me free means that I become the judge of yeah. no one. Mm-hmm. And I judge everyone worthy. Uh, I'm supposed to. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I do. Note, I'm not <laughs> claiming I've got that one down. Um, but yeah, this is a, a strong, strong yeah. statement. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, and I think that happens to people. People get so consumed with their anger or frustration or being right or proving other people wrong that it becomes all consuming and they, they yeah. miss life. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys. It's good stuff. We could probably talk for another uh, hour about this passage. Um, but just want to say thank you for uh, listening to this week's uh, deep dive. Look forward to connecting with you again next weekend. You can find uh, this deep dive and other resources on our website, calvary.church slash Galatians. Go in grace and peace, and we will catch you again next time. Bye now. And high five, Brad. There you go. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.